We're going to read from Luke 2, verses 1 to 10. You can find it 1 to 20. <laughs> you can find, find it on page 1090 in the Pew Bibles in front of you. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Thanks, Lisa. Let's pray and ask God for his help as we come to this part of his word. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Please help us to understand it and help us to see how the birth of Jesus at Christmas really is good news of great joy for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Christmas, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Probably the tune is playing in your head. Uh, at least that's what the song tells us, isn't it? And uh, there's a lot that is wonderful about Christmas, right? Time with family, a break from work, a time to give and receive gifts, a delicious Christmas lunch. I'm looking forward to that. But there's a lot of mixed emotions around Christmas too. Now, the passage that we just read talked about joy and peace. But I had to go down to Grand Central on Friday and there didn't seem to be much joy and peace going around. Staff will run off their feet, 
Car park was chaos. People looked anxious and stressed as they looked for last-minute gifts. I felt it too. I just wanted to get out of there as quick as I could. I can tell by the knowing laughs that you know what I mean. And it's not just in shopping centres either, is it? Maybe you have some mixed emotions around Christmas too. Maybe you're feeling stressed about organising and cooking lunch or dinner. Maybe you're worried that you didn't get the right gift. Maybe you're feeling anxious about awkward or difficult family gatherings. Worried the same fights might break out again this year. Maybe there are old sorrows that hurt more at Christmas. Maybe for you, Christmas is less a time of joy and peace and more a time of stress and anxiety and sadness. And if that's you, I've got some good news. You see, the good news of great joy that, it's a heart, that is at the heart of Christmas is for those who are broken. It's for those who are anxious and stressed. It's for those who struggle with guilt and shame. It's for those who need it. The real good news of Christmas turns the world upside down. It brings joy to those who are mourning. It brings peace to those in conflict and anxiety. It brings reconciliation to those who face judgment. And it brings hope to those without hope. See, Christmas is about Jesus turning the world upside down by bringing real joy and peace to all who trust in him. But to understand that, we have to go back to the beginning, back to that very first Christmas that we just read about in Luke chapter 2. But what we see at first isn't joy and peace. At first glance, this first Christmas seems like a disappointment. Luke 1 talks about all sorts of amazing things that happened leading up to that first Christmas. Elizabeth, a barren old woman, falls pregnant with a special baby who will grow up to be John the Baptist. Mary, a young virgin, is visited by a mighty angel and is miraculously pregnant. Mary sings a song about all the mighty things that God is going to do through this baby. And even Zechariah, John's dad, sang a song about God's mercy in keeping his promises and saving his people. And yet when that first Christmas arrives, it's pretty anticlimactic. In fact, it starts with some government paperwork. Caesar Augustus announces a census. Everyone goes to their hometown to register. And Dr. Luke, he tells us specific names and places because this is not a once upon a time kind of story. After his extensive investigation, Luke is telling us what really, truly happened in history. And so Joseph and Mary go up to Bethlehem where Joseph's family is from. And even here, Luke is building the anticipation for us. Something important is going on. Joseph is going to Bethlehem, the city of David, because he's from the house and lineage of David. Luke's reminding us of the great promises that God made to David that one of his descendants would be king over Israel and would sit on the throne forever. Luke wants us to expect great things. And yet when we get to verse 6 and 7, it's a little disappointing. Verse 6, And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. 
after all the expectation Luke builds of this great king, miraculously conceived, born of the house of David, Jesus isn't born in a palace. There's no great fanfare. Instead, he's born and he's plonked in an animal's feeding trough because there's no room for them in the inn. See, even here we see the world being turned upside down at Christmas. Jesus, God's promised king in the line of David, is born in poverty. There's nowhere for them to stay, and so they're with the animals. I've read in the news a bit recently about the tent cities that are popping up around cities in Queensland because of a lack of housing. Jesus is born in the ancient equivalent of that, poverty and humility. What a letdown. Even the first Christmas seems like a disappointment. But there's more here than meets the eye. See, behind the stinky manger and the anticlimactic story, there is something else going on. Behind all of this is good news of great joy. And see, not too far from Bethlehem, there are some shepherds working the Christmas night shift, although I doubt they're getting triple time at that point. In that day, shepherds were pretty low and despised. They were stinky, untrusted. They spent all their time out in the fields watching the sheep. But these stinky shepherds get the privilege of hearing this great announcement first. An angel suddenly appears to them and God's glory shines around them and they're terrified and I would be too. But have a look at what the angel says in verse 10. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Behind the disappointment of that first Christmas is good news of great joy, the kind of news that should lead to singing and cheering and tears of joy and dancing in the streets. And what is that great news? Look in the next verse, verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. The good news at the heart of Christmas, it's not family gatherings, it's not public holidays, it's not good food, it's not getting presents. All those things are meant to point us to the real good news. The real good news is the birth of Jesus. Despite his humble birth, Jesus is the Saviour, Christ the Lord. Now let's just pause and let's see here three huge titles for Jesus. First, Jesus is the Saviour. In fact, the name Jesus means God saves. Jesus is going to save his people from their sins. See, we all rebel against God. We all do things that we shouldn't do. We don't do things that we know we should do. We choose to live our own way instead of God's way. The Bible calls this sin, and all of our sins separate us from God and deserve his judgment. But God sent Jesus to save us from our sins. Jesus doesn't stay a baby forever. He grows up to be a man. Unlike us, he lives a life of good, faithful, perfect obedience to God. And then he willingly goes to his own death, taking the punishment that we deserve for our sins in a terrible death on the cross. Jesus has come to be the Saviour. A second, Jesus is the Christ. Christ is not a last name like Roe or Jones or Smith. Christ is a title. It means God's promised king. 
And that's why Luke keeps reminding us that Bethlehem is David's city. Jesus is the king promised to David who will save his people and rule forever. And he will rise from the dead to do just that. And third, see there, Jesus is the Lord. This is more than just saying that he's someone important. Lord is a word that the Jews used for God's name in the Old Testament. Jesus is God. The the same God who saved his people in the Old Testament has now come to save his people from their sins and to rule over them forever as their good king. At Christmas, we see God the Son himself stepping into our mess and our brokenness and our sorrow and our pain to save us. He willingly takes it on for us out of love. Talk about the world turned upside down. God, the creator and ruler of the whole universe, willingly stepping into our mess for us. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about Christmas as the world turned upside down, a revolution, a new king has come to turn everything around. The humble, exalted and the proud brought down, those who mourn given joy, those who are anxious given peace, those who are God's enemies reconciled to him through Jesus the Saviour. Jesus turns the world upside down, but actually he's putting things back right side up. He's come to deal with and undo all the brokenness of our world. All the sorrows, all the anxieties, all the pain, Jesus has come to make it right. That's the heart of Christmas. Behind all the disappointment, this is the good news of Jesus that drives everything. The good news of great joy. This is what we're really celebrating. Christmas is about good news of great joy, but it's also about peace. See, this is such good news that when the angels finish his message, a great army of angels appears around him praising God and declaring peace. Look in verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Jesus' birth isn't meant to bring stress or chaos or anxiety about getting good enough gifts. Jesus' birth is meant to bring peace. It brings us peace with God. You see, our sin makes us enemies with God, but through Jesus, God offers peace to those who he is pleased with, to those who willingly and humbly turn to him and receive his gift by trusting in Jesus. Jesus deals with our guilt and shame, our rebellion against God, our fear that maybe God has got it in for us. Through Jesus, we are reconciled to God and we have peace with him. And because we have peace with God, we have peace with one another. Those who trust in Jesus are made a part of his people, part of his family. We don't have to jostle for position amongst each other or fight for who's the best. We belong to each other. And so we can live as a family where we love each other as brothers and sisters, young and old, rich and poor, men and women, all of us, we love each other as Christ has loved us. So no matter what, how broken the family that we were born into is, through Jesus we are part of, made part of a true family that loves each other truly. Now often we do fall short of this, right? 
but we are genuinely growing in it. And one day when Jesus returns, we will be in perfect community with no more conflict or selfishness or arguments, no more awkwardness, just real, genuine peace. So through Jesus, we have peace with God and each other now, and we look forward to the true and perfect peace that we will have when Jesus returns. That's the world turned upside down, or really put back right side up. We look forward to restored perfect relationships of love in Jesus, and we get a taste of that now. How do the shepherds shepherds respond to this news of peace and joy? They respond with wonder. And they share that wonder with others. Look in verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. First, see the shepherds hear and believe the message that the angels have told them. They don't second guess or nitpick. They listen to the angels and they believe that God has made this known to them. And then next, they seek Jesus. They want to go and see this saviour for themselves. And so they hurry straight to Bethlehem. They find him lying in the manger, just like the angel told them. See the third thing they do there in verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. See, they tell others. This good news is too much for them to keep to themselves. Their joy is too much. And so they tell everyone about what God has said about this baby. And last, they praise God. Verse 20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Even on their way back to night shift in the field, this news is so good that they can't help but praise God for his goodness. The the response of the shepherds actually provides you and I a challenge this Christmas. How will you respond to this good news of great joy that turns the world upside down? How will you respond to Jesus, the the Saviour, Christ and Lord? Will you hear and believe too? This morning we've heard from Luke why this baby is good news. Will you believe what you've heard? Will you believe that Jesus really is God, the promised King who came to save his people by dying for their sins? And if not, why not? Why not investigate Jesus more? Why not read about him in the Bible? You don't have to do it alone. Someone from our church family would love to sit down and do that with you. Come and have a chat to me afterwards. Second, will you seek Jesus? If you're someone who has heard and believed this good news already, then seek after Jesus. Keep seeking him in his word, the Bible. Keep following him. Keep living for him. Uh, Especially this Christmas. Don't be so distracted by all the hustle and bustle of Christmas Day that you forget to seek after Jesus himself. That you forget to celebrate him. Will you tell others... Uh, Today's a great opportunity as you open presents. Remind the kids how Jesus is the greatest gift of all. Uh, Over Christmas lunch, thank God for sending his own son for us. 
Maybe start up a conversation about why we celebrate Christmas. You could read Luke 2, 1 to 20. You could even use a bonbon to talk about Jesus. And lastly, will you praise God today? God has turned our world upside down by willingly stepping into our mess to save us. He's shown us grace and mercy. Let's praise him by singing his praises, praying to him in thanks, and sharing about him to each other. Christmas will still be full of mixed emotions. What we've seen won't instantly take away our anxiety and stress and sadness, but it will put it into perspective. Underneath all of that, the real good news of Christmas is news of joy and peace. Joy and peace breaking into our world now and putting it right side up. And ultimately, perfect joy and peace when Jesus comes again and sets all things right. No matter what happens today, let me encourage you to keep coming back to that joy and peace that is the true heart of Christmas. It's all found in Jesus, God's gift to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of Jesus the one who is our saviour, who is the promised king, who is the Lord of all. Thank you that in him we can have joy because we have forgiveness of sins and we are made right with you. Thank you that in him that we can have peace, peace with you and peace with each other as those who belong to the Lord Jesus. Father, in the midst of all the things that happened today, in the midst of chaos and fun and and joy and perhaps sadness and sorrow and stress, we ask that you would remind us and help us to keep coming back to that true joy and peace that we have in Jesus and help us celebrate him today. In his name we pray. Amen.